Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome back to a new year and a new episode of the Out of Water podcast. So today is the 5th of January, 2021. 2021. How crazy is that? It, you know, so when we were as a kid, I mean, we used to talk about the future. And I think we used to talk way beyond 2021, but it just feels so futuristic. It's such a strange number. Um, anyway, I hope you're all doing well. I know it's a little bit of a crazy one. Um, I'm currently, well, we're all currently in the UK in the middle of the second official kind of nationwide lockdown. Um, it's all kind of crazy. It's all kind of a little bit scary. And it just makes life really complicated for everybody in all walks of life. And um, it's just testing everybody's mental well-being. I, I really do believe that. It's affecting how we act day to day. It's affecting how we socialise with people. And it's just really affecting things on a scale that none of us were ever quite prepared for. Let's be honest. No one was prepared for this sort of kind of pandemic, however you want to label it. Um, and it's just really knocked the wind out of so many people's sails, myself included. Um, it's got to a point now where I have to conduct my day to day life a lot differently. And um, I have to homeschool my children. And with that, Comes great responsibility. Mm. I tried to sound like Yoda there, but I do believe it sounded more like that meerkat from the adverts. <laughs> Where we go, you live and learn. So yeah, it just affects everything that we do. And um, free time is not something any of us have got right now, or at least I haven't myself with having children. Um, so things like my YouTube and obviously the podcast has had to take a bit of a step back. And I really don't like that. I don't like, I enjoy what I do. I love what I do. And I want to continue doing that to the best of my ability. So I've got a little bit of an action plan in play and I hope you guys are going to enjoy it. Um, so the first thing I'd like to just kind of speak out, I'm going to have to change how I communicate with you guys, how I communicate with my listeners and my viewers, because it's just becoming an impossible task to keep up with everybody. Um, I'm absolutely blown away by people's kindness and support and um, the outreach that you guys pour onto me every day. I'm stupidly grateful for but it's impossible for just me to keep up with it all. Um, I do read the majority of the emails and messages that I receive on social media. However, unfortunately, it's impossible for me to reply back to everybody. And I hate saying that because I never thought that would ever happen. Um, but it has. It's happened. So how I'm going to approach this? I don't want to be that person that never gets back to his fans. I want to be that person that will message back whenever I possibly can. And obviously email back people too. So what we're going to do, we're going to wipe the slate clean. We're going to have to because I've literally took just over two weeks off over the Christmas period and the new year. And I've come back to literally thousands of messages, both emails and social media messages. So what I'm going to do um, is I'm going to have to wipe the slate clean, start again, hit the refresh button. And I'm going to ask you guys to communicate with me differently. And this is how we're going to do it. Um, so what we're going to do, any kind of rescues that you need advice with, any kind of rescue reach outs, any kind of sales or anything like that is going to be done strictly through my email, which is frankiesaquaticsuk at gmail.com. One more time, that is frankiesaquaticsuk at gmail.com. That's the avenue that I'm going to guide everybody to go down when we're talking more on a professional term. And obviously you want to know about availability, you have a rescue that needs help, whatever it might be, that's going to be the avenue to come down. Now, that's not going to be for advice or kind of a bit of guidance. To do that, I'd like you to reach me on my social media, more so in particular, my Instagram. So if you go and find me, if you don't already, and follow me over on Frankie's Aquatics, that's at Frankie's Aquatics on Instagram. 
drop me a message there and I will get back to you in due course. Um, I do pride myself on getting back to everybody and it has become a bit of a Debbie Downer that I've not been able to do that over these past few months. It's just become too much. Um, it's just manic, as you can imagine. So just to reiterate once more, what we're going to do, any kind of rescues that you'd like me to rehome, any kind of sales or availability or anything like that of a professional manner, you're going to want to reach me on Frankie's Aquatics UK at gmail.com. Anything just people saying hello and just want to have a chat and ask a little bit of advice and just basically communicate with me, then do reach me over on Instagram at Frankie's Aquatics. I hope that helps. I hope that makes sense. I can only apologise, and I've actually got my hands together here, and I sincerely mean this. I can only apologise to the people that have reached out, and unfortunately, I haven't managed to get back to. It's just become impossible. It's become, it's become a little bit like, um, how can I describe it? Like an avalanche, really. You take a little bit of time off. It's snowing, and it's all pretty. And then you come back to a whole village just swamped under with snow. <laughs> That's how my inboxes have become. And I can only apologise. Um, I never quite anticipated the amount of traffic I'd receive. But I am stupidly grateful for you all. So thank you so much. And um, I will I will kind of echo this back over on my YouTube video. Um, so speaking of YouTube, jumping straight back into the next subject called YouTube. The platform that everybody knows and loves me on. <laughs> Or at least I say welcome back to the wonderful platform that is YouTube. And most people do agree. Most people do agree that's, that's a good platform for me to be on. And what I'm going to do right now, because obviously time is very much kind of restricted and the freedoms that I would have if I had my days to myself is now restricted with having the children at home that are now all homeschooling. Um, for the foreseeable, what we're going to do is once a week, maybe once every other week, we're going to do a YouTube live. Now, that's just not going to be me nattering off a complete load of random stuff. I'm going to try and have a subject to talk about each video. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to open up the video. I'm going to say hello to people. I'm going to talk about the subject at hand. And at the end, we're going to, at the end of the video, what we're going to do is we're going to have a little bit of time where we can do a bit of a Q&A, where people can ask questions live. Um, you can also message me your questions as well. And I'll answer a few that I pull out as well. Um, and we're going to basically have a bit of a Q&A at the end of each video. So hopefully that will still be interesting. It's something you guys will enjoy. And hopefully we can carry on doing that moving forward. Um, I don't know how long that's going to go on for. Um, it's going to be at least until, I guess, the end of February at this rate with how the lockdown is being. Um, but it's something It's better than having nothing at all, isn't it? I think if, um, if I try and record and edit all the video footage that I've already got backed up ready for videos... The truth be told, I'm just going to fail. I'm never going to have the time or space or freedom to edit videos out and post them as much as I'd like to. So I think doing a YouTube live every week is going to be my way of keeping up with you guys and you guys still being able to see what's going on over here at Frankie's Aquatics HQ. And hopefully you guys will enjoy that too. Um, as for the podcast, that's going to keep rolling out. It's fairly easy for me to record an episode and kind of publish it almost straight away. That's going to kind of be what I'm going to try and do moving forward. I have no real structure to the podcast. I do like to get at least one episode out a week. And I don't think that's going to be hard for me to do. So I am going to still continue to try and get at least one episode out a week. Sometimes I might not be able to do that. Sometimes you might get two episodes, let's say. Um, but we're going to line some guests up and we're going to keep this podcast moving along smoothly. <sighs> and relax. There we go. I just wanted to kind of get that off my chest and kind of speak to you all. Um, and just kind of let you know what's going on, really. So this week's podcast, what are we going to talk about? I want to have a bit of a moan, really. Um, I want to talk about this. <laughs> I think we're all feeling a little bit grumpy, or at least the majority. 
Um, and I think we're okay to feel a little bit knocked off and a little bit fed up. We've just come out of the Christmas swing of things. And let's be honest, Christmas has been very different for the majority of us, if not all of us, myself included. Um, and it's just been a time of what should be a time of togetherness has been told, well, you can get together, but only for a short while. And then you must go back into your respective bubbles. And it's just been a little bit crazy. And it has pissed a lot of people off. And um, rightfully so. And there's, there's fair game and argument on both sides of that tale as well. So I want to talk about things that annoy me. And I don't mean stri strictly COVID related. I just mean in general. Things that kind of get under my skin and piss me off. I was actually speaking to uh, my patrons this morning about this. We have a lovely place over on Patreon. I don't actually, I'm going to start mentioning them on the podcast as well. Um, so I do have a Patreon page where people join and they support the channel above and beyond uh, by subscribing to the channel financially and every month just make a small donation. And um, we're a great team. We are, I, I do, honestly, I'm not just saying this, I see us all as like a bubble of friends. We're a good bunch over there, you know. And there's people from all different corners of the world and we're a good team. And I do love going in there whenever I can and just having a really good natter with them all like there and then like a messenger. We have a Discord exclusive chat. And we have a really good time with it. We have a good laugh with it. And it, they're a good bunch over there. And funnily enough, this morning, we're just actually talking about things that annoy us. And this is one of this is kind of what kind of sparked the interest in this. Um, if you do want to figure out what the um, what the Patreon thing is all about, what the Frankie Lottle army is, then do feel free to go and find the relevant information. Go over to my Instagram and you'll find the link in my bio. But we're a good we're a good bunch over there. And I'm actually going to start giving them a little bit of a shout out on the podcast as well because you guys are amazing i feel so lucky um to have you and you have no idea how much you actually do help the progression of what i do i would be very very lost without you so thank you all so much anyway so this morning we're talking about things that annoy us and i had to chirp up with one of the biggest pet peeves that i've got that just really does grind my flipping gears and it's noisy eaters i know it sounds really petty and I know it sounds really childish, but noisy eaters really grind my gears. Um, it has actually been proven there's something in the brain, like a little trigger, like a little switch that instantly just, oh, instantly just, whoa, as soon as you hear someone chomping, I look at them. I don't care who they are. I don't care how old they are. I look at them and all I think of is if I could kill you and get away with it, I would kill you and get away with it. It drives me flipping mad. It drives me mad. I don't care if it's a newborn baby just learning how to chew its first meal. I don't care. I don't care if it's a 90-year-old lady who has to sip, sup, straw, sup a soup off a straw. I don't care. It annoys me. The noise annoys me. It annoys me that much that if they even hear me self-eating, I want to punch myself in the nose. It drives me mad. Showing an example of this. Uh, my late Nana, bless her. God bless her. I love the woman to death. Um, we I used to have to walk quite a way to go and visit her in her care home. It was a good two-hour walk from where I was at the time living to the care home. And I used to make that once every other week to go and see her. Now, this one time, it was nearly the winter, and I walked down to see her. And the weather was absolutely dreadful. It was chucking it down. It was freezing cold. It was windy. And all I could think on the way there is, oh, I get to see you at the end of this. It'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. Keep going keep going keep going and I kept going and I got there and just as I got to the door I was like oh I got a bit of warmth and I opened the door and then they obviously knew me then they're like oh Fran how you doing come on in oh you know we'll be ever so to see you they're just having dinner in here and I was like what and I walked in this hall and it was basically like the last supper 
but with about 150 old folk, and they were all, honestly, and I just sat there, and I was just like, oh, Jesus, I can't cope with this, and I sat next to me nan for all the two minutes, and I went, look, I've got to go, I'm sorry, and I love you, I'll come and see you tomorrow, and my nan was like, no, give me it, she was Irish, by the way, she wasn't, um, she didn't have a really funny voice like I'm doing, she was an Irish lady, and whenever I speak about my nan, I always have to do a really bad Irish accent to, like, kind of, um, replicate how she sounded, but she's like, oh no, son, I'll only be a moment, and we'll go in my room, and I was like, no, Nan, it's all good, you keep supping your, oh, just keep sucking your food, and I'll see you tomorrow, I had to walk out, honestly, I had to walk out, the noise, it was like surround sound, chomp central, it was disgusting, I know people go, oh, you're heartless, you are, they're elderly, they can't help that, they don't want to eat like that, they can't even hear themselves, they can't help it, I can't, my, listen, my ears are good. I can hear them. So I'm terribly sorry that the, the elderly folk have more time or less teeth and have to gum their food to death. But I can't be around while that's happening because it makes me want to commit murder, all right? I can't, I'm sorry. Just one of my little little quirks that I've got, you know. Oh, you got, you've got to love him nevertheless. It's one of my things. It drives me bonkers. I hate it. Noisy eaters drive me mental. And let, let's go from the elderly side to the younger side. I remember... When I used to have to feed my children, and you feed them that you obviously you work your way up, don't you, from like uh, baby food to solid foods, and I'll never forget it. We're around, um, it was it was it Josh? I think it was my eldest boy, Josh, and we were, he was learning how to eat like proper solid foods, but for whatever reason, rather than chew his food, he was sucking it, like, and he had like a piece of bread or something, and he was just sucking this whatever the hell was on it off of it, and everybody was gathered around, and oh, isn't he doing well? And all I could think is, hurry up. Hurry up and eat it, please. Hurry up, it's driving me fucking nuts. Honestly, it's oh, the noise. I'm I'm getting angry now, just thinking about it. It's driving me mad. It really is. But there you go. That is one of the things that I bloody hate. Absolutely bloody hate. Anyway, swiftly moving on to the next thing that really ticks me off. Conspiracy theorists. They're everywhere. You can't go anywhere these days, especially with the pandemic we're all in. We can't go anywhere without a conspiracy theorist being there. Um, I won't mention any names. I've got a few friends that are conspiracy theorists, and it drives me mad. It really does. It's like hanging about with, is it Mulder and Scully from the X-Files? Every time something happens, it's a little bit out of the ordinary. It's like, oh, wow, it's happening. It's this, and it's the government, and aliens are coming. And I'm just like, oh, God, here we go. Here we go again. Jesus, listen, whatever, believe in what you want to believe, but I don't like the fact that these people, it's their way or the highway. Have you ever noticed that? If you've got a friend that's really heavily into conspiracy theories, they never listen to the voice of reason. Even if you've got a really valid point and you're like, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I can see why you think that. But have you ever thought about it like this? They ate it. They fucking ate it. They look at you like you just slap them on. They're like, you what? You, you're questioning me, are you? I've gone away and I've done my research. So what research have you done? Well, I've Googled. Well, there you go. I'm not being funny. I could convince myself now that we were originally born with three heads. And I bet you if I Googled around long enough, I could find stories that match the fact that we were born with three heads, but they just take two of them off so we fit in. <laughs> just a complete random example there. I'm pretty sure that we can find any fucking story online that kind of agrees with what we're on about. The internet is not your homework. It is not your... What's the word? It's not your research. Believe me, you can search any crazy story and there'll be another bunch of crazies that agree with the crazy story to make the story real. Or at least in their little circle, it'll be real. 
that is not a good way of doing your own work. I want, if you believe in Bigfoot, hey, more the merrier to you. I'm with you. Whatever. Whatever makes you happy. But I want you to be dragging him home in a rucksack. Here we go. I found a Bigfoot. Where's your evidence? There it is. What <laughs> There's his head. I want some real evidence. I don't want to just go, well, I googled it one morning when I was in bed. I googled it and, well, there we go. There's a photo of him there. Look, that was taken by Peter Griffins. Um... Or who's who's Peter Griffins? And I don't mean Peter Griffin. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> I want real evidence. I want evidence from you. I don't want evidence that you've googled. We could all Google something. I want evidence from you. And unfortunately, these folks don't like that, and they don't like the fact when we question what they're doing, and that we question their their um there are facts shall we say as actually nothing more than not to be in facts whatsoever anyway moving on to the next thing that really annoys me vegetarians now hear me out before you get cross with me listen if you want to eat if you don't want to eat meat absolutely whatever floats your boat whatever makes you happy that's great but don't chuck it down my throat chuck cheeseburgers down my throat not your opinions i'm sorry with some people like to eat meat it's a choice. It's a preference. It's something that we're all entitled to say yay or nay to. It's a choice, just as your choice to eat potatoes. That is your choice. That is great. But have you ever noticed that vegans like to really announce it? Vegetarians and vegans like to announce that they don't eat meat. And they like to announce that they don't eat dairy. And all the rest of it is very much an announced thing. I don't walk into a room and go, hello, I'm Frankie. I'm a meat eater. I don't do that. I don't feel the need to do that. And I shouldn't have the need to defend my corner because I do eat meat. A lot of people, are, I notice this online thing going around, don't eat turkeys around Christmas and stuff like that. And um, I get that it's a big business. And I get that, unfortunately, sometimes the way these animals are kept. Listen, I can completely echo and I can completely relate to the, the hurt and upset that people feel from these caged animals that do end up going to the slaughterhouse listen i'm with you i get it completely but that doesn't i don't need i don't need to be preached at because i like to eat a chicken nugget every now and again do you know what i mean it's a choice and as i just as much as i respect your choice not to eat meat you also need to respect the choice that people do choose to eat meat and that's the way it is just don't don't be the person that announces it don't be one of these people that um goes around and just basically hates on everybody that doesn't see the world like you do that's not a valid reason to hate somebody at all an opinion is exactly that it's an opinion and we're all entitled to our own opinion in the world and we're all entitled to our own beliefs and stance in the world that's great i'm all for it i'm all for it as long as you're happy in the world and you're not harming anybody else um with your opinions or your beliefs or anything like that listen rock on johnny do what makes you happy but don't go chucking it down my throat. I don't think it's good for anybody. It does, it's a bit like um, it's a bit like those people. I'm not going to say what religion they are, but those people that come around knocking your door every year, that particular religion. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to offend anybody. But that religion instantly lowers itself down in people's minds because they become a nuisance. The, uh, the people that knock your door and start preaching at you the door, that become it becomes a nuisance. It doesn't become. It loses its. Um, it loses its value from this. Again, this is completely my own perspective, but it loses its value because you're almost forcing it upon the person. You're not going to get anywhere by doing that. That's not a way to conduct yourself. 
That would be like me going door to door going, hello, I like axolotls. Do you like axolotls? No matter. Why don't you like axolotls? I bloody love axolotls. Here, here's a photo of an axolotl. When you get a moment, go inside and read it, won't you? Go and have a look at the faction. No one, listen, you're not going to, that's not a way to, that's not a way to kind of like take people under your wing and help people see the light. And that's exactly how I feel about people that are very, very vulgar and very, very forward in their approach. <sighs> Big breath. Ah, there we go. Big breath. Big breath. Right, I'm going to talk about things that annoy, that I do, that annoy people. Because I'm sure there's many things out there. I'm sure there's many, many things out there. Some of these are going to be quite fun and funky. And other ones are going to be a little bit jokey-jokey as well. There's only a few of them, because I'm quite perfect. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm completely joking. I'm just saying, I'm having a laugh. Um, but there's a few things that I know that I do that must annoy people. Uh, the first one is I I um I have to take my glass I have to wear glasses because my vision's really bad I can't wear glasses and wear a mask I can't do it I have to do one or the other so out of respect I decide to take my glasses off while I'm shopping and while I'm kind of commuting about I take my glasses off when I'm in a shop um and then I pop my mask on and then that way I'm not upsetting anybody I'm playing by the rules and everybody should hopefully be happy but with that I have to walk a lot slower. So basically, I get to my little aisle, my little like fruit and veg aisle, wherever I might be, and it takes me a little bit of time to work out what I'm doing. I don't have any kind of sense of who's around me, and it can come across like I'm being pretty rude and ignorant, and I'm actually not. I'm actually not. I'm just kind of oblivious to what's going on in the world around me because I'm in this kind of like focus zone where I haven't got my glasses on, my vision is really poor anyway, and I have to focus on the goal at hand. Um, and it doesn't just mean shopping either. Um, I've noticed it when I go and pick the kids up from school prior to the lockdown, of course, um, I'd have to, I couldn't deal with the queue. So basically all the parents would line up on one side, which is great. Good system. If you can see, <laughs> whereas I would have to come in because otherwise I'd be either too close or whatever. And it just wouldn't work. And I wouldn't, you know what I mean? It caused all sorts of problems. So what I did is I used to come in, uh, walk past everybody and stand at the side out the way of people. Um, and I noticed it caused a lot of pissed off parents and I heard them mumbling away. No one had the bollocks to say anything to me myself. Like, uh, excuse me, mate, do you not think you could get in the back of the line rather than pushing up near the front? No one had the balls to say anything like that. But I heard a few I heard a few months and grumbles from the crowd as I walked past. But again, I'm oblivious to who they are without staring directly at them because of my eyesight anyway. But no one said anything. But I could hear it every time. It, it, it used to. It got to the point where I used to dread picking the kids up from school because I'd get a few disgruntled parents moaning under the breath about me. Um, so I decided to kind of speak out loud to the uh, to the teacher at the front and just basically say, "Look, I don't mind waiting. I'm quite happy to come to the front here, out the way of the crowd and the queue, and I'm quite happy to wait until the very end if needs be." And collect my daughter from school. It's just the fact that I can't see very well. My vision is very limited. And if I was to queue up with everybody else. I'd be bumping into people. And I'm sure people would be more pissed off about me. Um, being a potential threat with everything that's going on. Bumping into people and rubbing shoulders with people. Than I would be just stepping out of the way a second. But yeah. It's, it, it, I know it's stuff that I can't help. And I can't control. But I also know it pisses a lot of people off as well. It does. It does piss a lot of people off. Um, but I just wanted to kind of bring that up in the podcast. I think I've talked about that before, but I thought I'd just talk about it again as well. Anyway, moving on. Things that I appreciate. Here we go. This is nicer things. Will I stop moaning now? <laughs> things I appreciate. Obviously, the obvious stuff is my friends, family, loved ones, the people around me. 
Um, the good health that I do have, I know I've got a really crappy run of health as of late, but the good health that I do have, I'm very grateful for that too. Um, and the support that, that people give me as well. I don't think people realise how much a nice comment um, on a YouTube video or in life or... Those are the things that really stick with me. Um, I receive a lot of letters as well. And there's nothing quite like a physical letter. And uh, it's someone like, thank you so much. You, you've really helped me. And it... it it just means that them them things right there are the things that I really appreciate. They're the things that kind of keep my engine kind of going. Do you know what I mean? Just the genuine gratitude from people when you do something nice. Um, I don't do it for that reason. I do it because I'm obsessed with what I do. Um, I love what I do. I feel very honoured, grateful and really humbled to be in the position that I'm in to do what I do. Um, and when people genuinely go, thank you. And I mean that. Thank you so much. It's really helped me. Um, it's almost like spreading that little bit of love to the next person. Um, I'm very much a hugger, very much a hugger. And um, it's been really testing to kind of be in this position in, in the world right now where we have to keep away from people. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, it's not normal territory. It's not what we do as humans. We're not designed to keep away from each other and not interact with each other. We have to react with each other. It's what we're designed to do. Um, and in the, I, I take that as I'm a hugger and if I meet you and um, we're getting on I'm going to hug you I'm going to be like oh lovely meeting you and we're going to end it on a hug it's just how I am it's how I've always been and I, I do get that not everybody likes that some people kind of cringe like oh get him off me <laughs> I'm sure they think that they always ever said that but I'm pretty sure a few people have thought it over the years um, but it's what it's, it's it's little things like that sharing the appreciation and sharing that uh, just something like how are you yeah i'm okay no really are you okay is everything okay how you doing how's how's life and sometimes people are just like wow um okay I'm, well yeah i'm all right i suppose but this has kind of been bothering me and then at the end of it they kind of go thanks so much for taking the time to listen i think we can all be our own superhero in this world you know i think we've all got it in us to be good people to be good humans and i think once you do a good deed and someone genuinely reaches out and goes no seriously thank you so much for that I don't think you quite realise how much that's helped. And you might not have realised how much that might have helped at the moment. But they're the things that I really appreciate. They're the things that I really look forward to. And they're the things that keep me going in the morning. Anyway, so we're going to move on a little bit here. So we've talked for like 25 odd minutes about next to nothing really. Um, so we're going to jump straight in to how we... Normally I'd, I'd poke fun at the news. And I'd poke fun at what's trending on Twitter. And all that funky stuff. But I want to try something a little bit different. I don't know if this is going to work. Um, I really don't. But we're going to try it anyway. It's going to all be done with shits and giggles in mind. We're, going to, we're not going to be taking it seriously. I'm not an agony aunt. Um, I never claim to be. But in the UK, there is a very, very popular agony aunt called Dear Something. I won't name her in case she hears this and sues me. And I ain't about that. I ain't about that life. So we're going to call her... Uh, dear Debbie Dana, that's what we're going to call her. I'm sorry if your name's Debbie, no offence intended, love. Um, but we're going to call this Dear Debbie Downer, just to keep it PC. Um, so basically we have, um, yeah, she's an agony aunt. People email in and write into her, uh, asking advice on certain problems that they're facing in their relationships. And she tries her best to help. So I've basically gone through on their actual page today, and I've tried to kind of pull out some, I've not read them too deeply, but I've tried to pull out some of the ones that we can have a little bit of a laugh at. And I know it sounds a bit dreadful, 
um because they are people's real problems but at the end of the day it's just for a little bit of fun just a bit of light-hearted fun um and these do get published in the paper as well i haven't hacked into someone's email and reading someone's seedy secrets these are things that are already out there in the public domain so here we go dear debbie downer when we met my partner told me all about her abusive relationship with her ex-partner if she occasionally texts him, she still calls him sweetheart, despite all that he put her through. Well, straight away, why on earth? I'm going to leave this to the end. Um, she is now 49 and I'm 48. We met on a dating site 18 months ago. Uh, she's told me she's been divorced for 10 years, but they still live together for the sake of their kids, who are now all grown up. Um, he's had multiple flings with other women um, after their divorce. And I'm her first partner since him. A year ago, she moved in with me. I read the message that she sent her ex when he had an operation. And I was shocked to read her using affectionate terms with him through the text message. We are happy and maybe I should just let it go. But I can't help wonder why she can contradicts herself over him. Okay, so the first thing is, I know they've obviously got kids together, but my first thing that alarms me is why is she even still texting him? If he was an abusive git, then what's the point of even texting him? Um, I won't read what Debbie Downer said back, <laughs> because that's boring. So I'm going to basically answer the questions and give some joking advice in return. So my first alarm bell would be, why on earth is she still even texting him? Um, if he was that much of a git, then she shouldn't really even be speaking to him, in essence, really. Especially even more so if the kids are growing up. There's absolutely no reason at all for her to really even speak to him. Um, if the kids are obviously old enough to obviously communicate directly with their own dad. Um, so, yeah, alarm bells, I think, are very much kind of warranted there, I suppose. I mean, it is still a new relationship. Um, the guy's in. Um, but I guess maybe there's probably still, a, I don't mean to be a, a Debbie Downer here, but I guess that's what we call in this section of the podcast. But probably she might still have a few feelings for him. Maybe it didn't get left on a really positive note. Um, and maybe there's questions or ants or no questions that have been left unanswered. Maybe it's that. That's my guess. So would so basically um, he's asking, he probably should let it go. But what what does what what's the opinion? Do you think he's got a point? I think you've got a very good bloody point, a very good point indeed. And I, if I'm again, if I'm in your boots, my friend, I'd be feeling exactly the same. Um, it says that they're happy. Um, he does think he just probably just let it go. Um, but he can't help wonder why she contradicts herself over him. Now the thing is, right, a lot of women do go, "Hello, darling. Hello, sweetheart. Hello, love," and all that to other people anyway. So if she's like that with other people, then it's probably nothing. Um, but if she's not and she's just actually nice to him, then, yeah, it is a little bit concerning. I won't lie. However, I'm still questioning as to why on earth she's even in contact with him in the first place. But that's just me. That's just what I'd be feeling. Anyway, moving on to the next story. Um, bedroom let down. <laughs> OK, here we go. It's going to get all sexy now, isn't it? Uh, I'm dating a hot guy, but the sex is bloody awful because his willy is too small. Poor man. Uh, dear, dear, I nearly said the name then. Dear Debbie Downer, <laughs> I'm dating a hot guy, but the sex is just awful. He is just too small and does nothing for me when we make love. Um, we have been on a few dates and everything was going so well. Um, I really like him and he's very keen on me. He is 21 and I am 19. I didn't want to rush into having sex. 
and he respected my feelings and waited. Last night was our first time. Things were going amazingly well at first, and he is honestly brilliant at all the foreplay. Way. Um, but his wee willy winky uh, was small even when it was fully erect. <laughs> I feel like I should like, put a doctor's voice on here. We carried on with the foreplay, but how do I tell him that the intercourse was a complete letdown for me? Right, well, if it's your first time, give him a bloody break. That's what I bloody say, poor guy. Um, he's probably a bit nervous. But yeah, that, that seems a little bit harsh, that does. Because she kind of contradicts herself a little bit. Because we've been on a few dates, she says, right? Um, We have now been on a few dates. That's how she opens up that conversation. But then she says, um, I didn't want to rush into having sex. And he respected my feelings. Again, you've been on a few dates. You've hardly took your time over this, have you, really? It was probably a little bit of anxiety. Um, <laughs> I just, thank goodness they don't name the people in this, because I just feel so sorry for the poor guy. If um, if you obviously ever caught wind of this. I mean, you can't turn around to the guy and tell him that he's rubbish in bed after one time of being in bed with him. It's funny how we assume bed as well. It could have been anywhere. It could have been, I don't know. I'll leave that to your imagination, but we're just assuming. I love how people go, oh, we've um, uh, been in bed with somebody. Why do you always assume it's the bed? I don't know. It's, I don't know. Are we that boring? Um, anyway, so what would I suggest to that? Um, maybe give the guy a break. Um, just, I think it's a bit harsh to judge him on the power of his man meat after um, one night in the sack. So give him a bloody break, woman, will you? That's what I say. Give him a break. This is going really well. I might do this. I might have a career change here. Right, uh, moving on. Let's have a look at the next one. Um, so we're going to... Oh, this is an interesting one. Here we go. Going to get juicy now. This is going to be fun. Um, dear Debbie Dana, um, I'm completely obsessed with Chris Packham and imagine he's my husband during sex. <laughs> Now, for those of you who don't know who Chris Packham is, he is a um, he's a wildlife. He's a guy that's involved with wildlife. I don't know what his technical title would be, but he's a bit like he's, he's a presenter. He's a bit like a um, he's yeah he's, he's a presenter. He's a wildlife presenter. He's been very popular on kids TV over the years here in the UK. Um, so anyway, let's carry on. Dear Debbie Downer. I have become completely obsessed with a well-known presenter on TV. Well, I don't mean to be rude. He is quite well-known in the UK. But um, not everybody knows him. Um, I'm acting just like a teenager on their first crush. I've always loved nature programmes and in particular love Chris Packham. Um, I have created fantasies in my mind where we are married and he is madly in love with me. In my dreams, we work on shows together. Oh, slow down easy, Tiger. Uh, have a beautiful home and our, and our evenings are spent together. These fantasies are taking over my life. They are all I seem to think about these days. I have even bought a framed photo of Chris and hidden it from my partner. Okay. <laughs> I love the way you framed it, though. Lovely. Nice touch. Uh, we are both 51. Now I'm struggling to enjoy sex with my partner unless I imagine he is Chris. Oh, poor man. Um, I can't understand this at all. I'm in, in, I am an intelligent woman and despite knowing nothing, and despite knowing that nothing can come of it, I am acting like a lovesick teenager. What can I do? Please help. 
Uh, that's a fucking funny one. I'm sorry, that's brilliant. Um, it's hilarious, but it's not if you're in that boat, I suppose. But we're not going down to Sirius Avenue, are we? I just Again, I love the fact that you framed the picture. You're a very, very thoughtful woman. The fact that you could have had it like a little seedy picture in your purse or anywhere else on, on, on in your house, but you've actually framed it. Doesn't that make it a bit harder to hide? Because obviously I guess that there's glass inside of the frame. Surely you'd just be easier putting it. Probably laminate the picture. I'm giving you advice on how to continue here. I'm not giving you any advice on how to swerve ball the crazy. Uh, <laughs> oh dear, I don't know. Um, I guess you'll get over it, I suppose. I think we all have crushes, don't we? Especially when we're younger. You should know better at your age. I don't want to do that. But yeah, you'll, you'll get over it. I'm sure it will pass. But I don't think you should probably carry on. Um, I'd probably get rid of the picture. Keep the frame. You can reuse the frame. Maybe put a picture of your bloody husband in it. won't go on this. <laughs> but yeah, you can probably get rid of the picture. I think the picture's a bit much. Because you might become a little bit attached to the picture. Which will cause all sorts of problems. Oh, we don't want that. The kind of worms, that one. But yeah, um, yeah, probably just you, you'll get over it you'll get over it love don't worry but it is i'm sorry it is a bit funny and i still love i don't know if it shows your age but i love the fact that you frame the picture and that's absolutely genius it's beyond genius it's clever oh did you did i'm getting really involved here did you measure the picture or did you just have a bit of a guess at that you know what that frame will fit did you buy the frame especially or was it just one that you had knocking about the ass i'm intrigued anyway short short and nail of it is don't worry I'm sure it will pass. It's probably a little phage you're going through. Um, I don't know how I feel about the thought that you're thinking about this Chris Packham while you're being Packhamed. Uh, <laughs> it seems a little bit far-fetched, that does. But I'm sure you'll get over it. Hang on in there, love. I'm sure it'll all come good. Uh, right, moving on. Next one. Uh, can't keep up. I'm addicted to porn and struggling to get an erection during sex with my wife. Okay, dear Debbie Dana. I struggle to get an erection because all of the porn I watch each and every week. My wife is 29. I am 31. We have been married now for three years and everything is great between us until we try to have. <laughs> um, I don't easily get aroused anyway, but when even when we try, um, my erection only lasts a couple of minutes um, before it goes limp. Um, if... <laughs> It leaves my wife feeling very frustrated and rather upset. I am beginning to think she won't put up with this for much longer. Um, even before I married, I thought I was becoming addicted to porn. But now, as soon as I get any free time, all I want to do is watch it. The last thing I need is to lose my marriage over this. Is there any way I can quit watching it and be get my stamina back? Um, so I don't know that's directly the porn's fault. Personally, I don't know. I mean, you, you know yourself, you've got a problem with it. Then obviously, you, you, obviously you're watching too much. But I don't know if that's the reason for your erection problems. I don't know what you're watching, to be fair. Um, but I don't know. You might just have an actual problem in regards to other things. It could just be it could be a confidence thing. Um, there could be a numerous factor. I'm getting really serious here, aren't I? But I'm not just, I don't know if that's directly linked to the porn. I don't know. That just seems like a bit of a... I think you're assuming it's that because you watch so much of it. Um, I'm asking like I'm talking to him here, but if he struggles keeping his woody woodpecker on while he's watching the filth, then maybe it isn't the porn. I don't know. I don't know if that's the porn, to be honest. It could be a whole host of things. It really could. And that's a whole big crazy can of worms that I don't want to be opening. But um, 
Yeah, speak speak to your missus is what I'd suggest. I'm talking like the guy's actually going to hear this. He's never going to hear this in a million years. Never. But um, he's frightened that his wife's going to get frustrated and upset. Take some advice from the guy with a small willy. Just kick up the foreplay. <laughs> anyway, moving on to a less sexual story now. Um, dear Debbie Downer, um, I don't know how to tell my brother that his pet died when I was looking after it. Oh, here we go. What you done? What you done? Were you fucking with it? <laughs> uh, dear Debbie Downer, my brother's hamster has died and I'm terrified of telling him. He asked me to look after this hamster when he got a job over in London. Um, I was happy to help out, but it died just three weeks ago. My brother will soon be home for Christmas and I'm absolutely dreading it. I am a boy of 15 and my brother is 19. He loved this little animal and will be absolutely gutted. Should I come clean or try and replace it? I am so worried. Um, I... <laughs> Don't replace it. Don't replace it. Have you not seen the programme? What was that from? What was that from? Where the replaced the bird died? It was only fools and horses, wasn't it? Or the canary died. And then the panic because they thought he killed the canary. They go out and find a replacement canary that looks identical to the one that they believe they accidentally killed. Uh, they put it in the cage and then the owner comes back and she's like, oh my God, my canary. And he's like, yeah, look at him, into doing well. He's like, no, when I left this morning, he was dead. So he'd already died. And they, yeah, it's a good, it's a good episode. That is a really good episode. Um, don't replace it. It's best to be honest. To be honest, don't hamsters, they don't live very long anyway, do they? Or do they? I don't know. I think it's about five years, six years or something like that. I don't really know. But yeah, just be honest with him. I'm sure you wouldn't done anything crazy with him. It's obviously made his life any shorter. So there's no real reason as to why you should be upset. It's just part of the process of owning these sort of animals, isn't it? Um, obviously, I own a lot of fish. And over the years, I've had to experience a lot of loss. And it is dreadful. It really is horrible, especially if the person's got an attachment to that little creature. Um, and my question is, is how come we didn't take it with him? You say, let's just read it again. Um, let me find it one second. He asked me to look after his hamster while he got a job in London. Has he been living down in London? Um, I just don't know why if he's that attached to the hamster, why he hasn't taken it with him. I don't know. But again, I wouldn't be too worried about that, to be honest. I'd just be honest with him and just be like, I'm really sorry, but unfortunately, how he didn't make it. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be too worried at all about that. That's quite a sombre way to end it, isn't it? Anyway, there we go. So that is pretty much uh, Dear Debbie Downer for this week. I hope you enjoyed that. That was actually good fun. I had a lot of fun with that. I was trying to think of a couple of ideas of how to kind of keep the um, the humour going in the podcast. And I hope that's kind of helped share a couple of giggles along the way. I actually had good fun with it. A lot more fun than I had. Like I said, wasn't rehearsed in any way, shape or form. I basically found a funny headline that went with the Dear Debbie Downer thing. Um, and then basically bookmarked them and read them for the first time together with you guys. So, yeah, let me know what you think. Did you enjoy Did you enjoy it? <laughs> <laughs> do let me know anyway i think that's pretty much it for this week um it's been fun I, I dare i say i have missed you all um i did upload a little video on my youtube on christmas day i did it as a bit of a, a bit of a tongue-in-cheek joke i actually launched it at the same time as the queen's speech um i didn't quite hit the same sort of views that the queen did that was never the intention but it was just done for a bit of a giggle um so if you haven't seen that do head over and check that out as well um, and like I said, uh, from next week on, I'll be back onto YouTube again doing lives. Um, I'll also be, obviously, over on 
um, podcast each week as well. You can also reach the podcast as well over on, um, you can reach me on email. So if you want to guest appear on the podcast, you have any questions that you'd like for the podcast, you have any questions you'd like to ask in general, you can reach me over on Out of Water Podcast. Is it Out of Water Podcast UK? I'm terrible at this. I'm terrible at this. It's outofwaterpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I don't think it's UK. Oh my God, I have not prepared. I have not prepared for this moment. I'm not too sure if it's out of water podcast at gmail.com or if it's out of water podcast UK. I don't think it's UK, is it? It's out of water podcast at gmail.com. We'll get there in the end, I promise. Uh, so if you want to reach me about the podcast, whether it be sponsorships, whether it be partnerships, whether it be features, whether it be guest appearances, whatever it might be, then that is where you that's where you'll find me. So thank you all for jumping in. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. It's lovely to be back once again. Hang on in there and a happy new year to you all. Uh, this crazy pandemic that we're all going through, we're all in it together. We're all on the same boat. So don't let it get the better of you. It won't last forever. It will eventually blow away in the wind. I promise. Just hang in there. Anyway, take care, everybody. It's been lovely being back. A happy new year to you all. And I'll see you all next week. So until next time, to ta for now.